Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Billboard Chart Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. Before we get into anything, I have some exclusive intel on Drake. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be underwhelming, but yeah, yeah. okay. I guess it already is. I know where he wasn't last night. What? We're taping this on Monday, uh, May 13th. The night before, uh, last night, as we taped this, Toronto Raptors beat the Philadelphia 76ers, Game 7. Last minute shot by Kawhi Leonard. Were you watching? Nah, I was. I was watching the other show that everyone in the world was paying attention to. Oh, a different game. A different game. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, but I have a musician friend. He's actually a huge Toronto sports fan. He's from Toronto. Uh, he was at the game, and I asked him if Drake was there because you always see Drake uh, courtside. He wasn't there. He's pretty certain he wasn't there. Maybe he was, but he didn't see him. That nice Toronto Philly rivalry, uh, kind of. Harkening back to the good old Meek Mill rivalry a few years ago, which has apparently been settled and squashed now, but the Toronto-Philadelphia uh, rivalry lives on in another way. And uh, Drake is a part owner of the Toronto Raptors, and he's a huge fan. But would he be as big a fan, would he be invested, literally, if their name didn't begin with rap? The cringe, the cringe. I'm sure, I'm sure when Drake was reviewing his portfolio, that was the thing that stuck out. He said, I need to up my brand, guys. Help me out. What's something that we can, you know, associate Drake, Drake's a rapper kind of thing. Uh, Drake apparently is, is not at basketball games, but he's investing in his Air Air Drake. Drake actually tweeted about it, and Drake does not tweet very often at all. Uh, tweeted today, Monday. So he said, uh, he said, supporting homegrown businesses has always been a top priority of mine. So when an opportunity came up to get involved with CargoJet, a great Canadian company, I was honored to do so. And that's only Drake's second tweet since know, about a month. So yeah. not something he really, really ever does. If you haven't seen it, it's on, I mean, it's all over Instagram. It's the Air Drake. Basically, he just leveled up and got his own personal airplane. And it's got the OVOL and it says Air Drake. So, Air Jordan, Air Drake. Let's go. All right. Uh, charts this week. Uh, we'll be talking uh, hip-hop, talking rap. Uh, but first, uh, a 
lot of pop as well. Uh, specifically on this week's charts, uh, another pop act this week hits new heights in the Billboard Hot 100, uh, which really continues a pretty clear trend here in 2019. Sean Mendes, Canada's own, uh, makes a big return. We'll also look at other top pop acts that have earned career best so far this year. Uh, but at the same time, we'll look at how hip hop is doing and really dig deep. We're going to bring in a couple experts. How hip- How is hip hop doing? <laughs> uh, I think it's I think the returns are, are pretty good there. Uh, but also pop is, is having a, a really huge year. So uh, a couple of people have been on the podcast before from Nielsen, Haley Jones and John Miller. They're going to join us and we'll uh, really get into some key insights about hip hop, about pop, uh, about uh, how 2019 has been so far. So uh, all coming up on this week's Billboard Sharpie podcast. Right now, this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Four, three, two, one. Number ten. I want it, I got it, I want it, I got it, I want it, I got it. You like my hair, she thanks, just bought it. I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it. Number nine. I'm the bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Number eight. So you can take advantage of me. Tell me how to feel sitting up there. Feeling so high, but too far away to hold me. You know I'm the one who put you up there. Deep in the sky, does it ever get lonely? Thinking you could live without me. Thinking you could live without Number seven. Number six. It's a moment when I show up, got I'm saying wow. Hundred bands in my pocket, it's on me. Yeah, your grandma more probably know me. Get more bottles, these bottles are lonely. It's a moment when I show up, got I'm saying wow. Number five. There's nowhere to hide. We call this shit genocide. Hit them with that doop doop, and then they die. We gon' leave them crucified. We call this shit genocide. Number four. I'm a sucker for you. Number three. I promise that you'll never find another like me. Number two. I can't write one song that's not about you. Can't drink without thinking about you. Is it too late to tell you that everything means nothing if I can't have you? I can't write one song that's not about you. And number one. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I 
All right, plugging along at the top of the Billboard Hot 100, number one again. That is six weeks in a row for Old Town Road, Lil Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Once again, the song breaks the nine-digit mark in streaming, 104.1 million streams this week. Remember, it's at the all-time record a few weeks ago, just under 143 million streams. So even though it's uh, dropped away since then, it's still far and away the top streaming song in the country. Um, Actually, believe it or not, it's up a little bit from last week. So uh, Lil Nas X has been a little more generous in his appearances lately, performing the song a couple times. Um, He really, the first couple weeks the song was hot. He really hadn't performed it anywhere. Um, That's really starting to break down a little bit. So maybe with some of that attention, helping the song get back up to the top. Of course, one aspect that is not in play yet is that music video that has been long teased not not out yet so that's a whole nother sort of avenue of streams that you know will be coming soon uh little nas x had tweeted just a couple days ago that the video would be dropping this week so we'll be looking out for that um he says i mean the, the hype has been building for this video for a long time we, we know there's gonna be a horse in it we know he said it's gonna play about the situation about i guess with billboard and the country chart and everything is going to be somehow referenced in that will smith wanted to be in it a lot of people a lot of celebrities kind of jumping in on it so whatever it's going to be it's, it's going to be an event for sure so i'm um, looking out for that this week and i mean who knows maybe if the, the video is really that hot it could re-break its own streaming record yeah so back to number one in sales this week into the top five in radio songs so kind of perfect timing you've already gotten these six weeks at number one but if the video then comes out could be uh, pretty unstoppable for a while and going towards uh song of the summer contention seems like uh, timing could be great for that the one thing uh, just hit me uh, song's been number one for six weeks now that means billy ray cyrus has now been at number one on the hot 100 twice as long as miley Wrecking Ball had three weeks at number one in 2013. Who would have guessed that Billy Ray Cyrus at all would have been number one here in 2019, but he's not been at number one twice as long as Miley. I mean, I know I said when the Jonas Brothers came back, that was definitely what I thought was going to be the most unpredictable number one of 2019. We're not even halfway through the year. Old Town Road, of course, by far taking that. And I mean, the way the world's going now, you know, who knows what's going to come in September, October and just... I mean, like, I don't know, like some opera song remix by Cardi B. I don't even know. So uh, also in the top 10, you just heard number two. Uh, well, a couple debuts at number two. Sean Mendes, uh, new at number two with If I Can't Have You. It's his highest rank ever on the Billboard Hot 100. He previously got to number four with Stitches back in 2015. Uh, the other debut in the top five is Logic and Eminem. Uh, Logic's second Hot 100 top 10, Eminem's 21st. He's third uh, among rappers all time after Drake and Lil Wayne. So uh, a little shakeup here in the top five. But uh, going back to Shawn Mendes, uh, it's another milestone for pop here in 2019. So we just said it's his best rank ever on the Hot 100. Jonas Brothers, you just mentioned, Trevor, uh, number four, became their first number one back in March. It's been in the top 10 every week since. A lot of other high points for pop this year. Lady Gaga had her first number one since 2011 with Shallow with Bradley Cooper. BTS just notched its highest charting Hot 100 ever. A Boy with Love with Halsey was number eight. Uh, Sam Smith and Normani this week, they go number one on the radio songs chart after hitting the Hot 100's top 10. They got up to number seven. And of course, Ariana, since late last year, uh, got her first two Hot 100 number ones with uh, Thank You Next and Seven Rings. So uh, 
that's more than a trend when you've got all these acts having their firsts, uh, first uh, first number ones, Jonas Brothers and, and Ariana, biggest hits on the Hot 100, Shawn Mendes, uh, BTS. So uh, all pop acts, as we've said before, this has uh, been a year where pop is, is having a pretty good comeback after hip hop was so big uh, on the charts in 2018. Uh, here's a stat. Remember, we've talked about uh, last year, rap song set a record with 34 consecutive weeks at number one on the Hot 100. 29 of those were by Drake. Uh, since then, starting in September, this week actually marks the next 34 weeks. So in the 34 weeks since, pop has been number one for 26 of those 34 weeks. So almost a complete switch. Well, uh, takeover will be, it's kind of kind of the key word. Obviously, Old Town Road has, has blown up and, and hip hop's officially number one again. But next week's going to be a really interesting race because Taylor Swift could not do it last week. Sean Mendez does not do it this week. Can the team of Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber take down Old Town Road from number one? It, that'll be that'll be the big race, especially if the Old Town Road video comes out um, at some point during the week. That could shake things up as well. Right now, the streams, at least on Spotify and everything, are, tr- are trending a little towards Sheeran and Bieber. But we'll see if, I mean, really, the two kind of reigning kings of pop together are, are they going to be enough to get past old town road or are we going to have another number two yeah and if nothing else it's it's now uh mid-may so it's not just uh it's not just been a few months it's been about half the year so i think it's uh, pretty safe to say that pop has uh, had somewhat of a comeback here in 2019 uh but again uh, hip-hop not like it's disappeared. Uh, let's get into more of the state of hip hop currently and how it relates to pop and some of the most key trends uh, to help us do that. Really happy to welcome back Haley Jones, director of radio at Nielsen Music, and John Miller, VP of Audience Insights at Nielsen Audio. Uh, we're going to get into who's listening to hip hop, what radio maybe should be thinking based on what's streaming and certain artists they should be playing more. Uh, we'll chat about the rhythmic format too, which is the middle ground between pop and hip hop. What's going on there? Uh, really, just get into all things that only uh, Haley and John can really uh, get deep on, uh, since uh, that's the data they're uh, dealing with day to day. So, really happy to welcome Haley Jones and John Miller back to the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Haley Jones, director of radio for Nielsen Music, John Miller, VP of Audience Insights for Nielsen Audio. Welcome back to the Billboard Chapter Podcast. Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, thank you. Pleasure to be back with you. All right, talking R&B, hip-hop, and rhythmic this time. Uh, we've been talking for uh, for months, if not the last couple of years, about how big hip-hop has gotten with streaming. Uh, although this year we've been talking a little more uh, pop. Certainly when you're looking at streaming, hip-hop is still ruling the universe, at least what we see from the end of 2018. It's far bigger than pop as far as what people are choosing when they're going to on-demand streaming providers. You know, from a radio perspective, you mentioned pop, and the last couple years have definitely been a down cycle for both pop, CHR, that's the way we classify the format, contemporary hit radio, and also the rhythmic CHR version too. Both those formats are trending downward, whereas what we call hip-hop, urban contemporary, um, has been climbing or, or holding steady. So that's something we'll talk about today is the differences between what we see happening like on the stream and way people are consuming and streaming their music versus what we're seeing with radio consumption by formats. You guys just did this uh, great webinar uh, recently about uh, all uh, all things current uh, trend-wise with R&B, hip-hop, and rhythmic as you do uh, for uh, various formats throughout the year. Uh, I, I guess one, one stat that really hit me was uh, 61% of all music listeners are listening to hip-hop and rap in some capacity. That seems like a high number. It seems like a high number. I agree. Um, I think it just goes to show the popularity of hip hop music today. I mean, I think it was, you know, rock that used to stand for change. Um, and I feel like that culture shifted a little bit, right? Right. And we've seen a cooling for both the rhythmic CHR format and also the the main, the pop one, the pop CHR format. They've both been trending down the last few years. Now, it's very hard to say definitively, is that because of something like streaming or fragmentation? But you know, the bottom line is there's more audio available now than ever before, more devices, more ways to listen. We know from Haley's data, we know how enormous uh, streaming is. So I think our job is to sort of sit back on the radio side and think about um, what are the trends showing and what does that ultimately mean? So an interesting stat that I just uh, drew up while we were talking was I, I went up and I went and looked up how many stations are in those format buckets. And surprisingly, you know, we know that urban contemporary or what we call hip hop, um, that's, you know, the bigger format right now over the last few years, it has really surged ahead, particularly with younger listeners. Uh, but there's not that many more stations in the format than our rhythmic CHR. There's about 180 stations that are urban contemporary and 155 that are rhythmic CHR. So there's certainly something going on there when it, when you think about why is one format benefiting over the other? You know, what is it about the music and what is it about what they're playing and sort of the culture they're embodying and the sound they have, if you, if you think of that, about it that way? What is it about what urban contemporary or hip hop radio is doing that's different from what rhythmic CHR is doing? Because it's the same number of stations, but the audiences are going in different directions, both for urban contemporary and rhythmic CHR, the top performing stations, the best day part is nights, is weeknights, meaning where they get the biggest share of audience is Monday to Friday, 7 to midnight. That's when people have a big appetite for hip-hop, R&B music. That's what the data shows. It's, you know, Monday to Friday, 7 to midnight, that's when we were seeing the big shares. And, and that's unique to these formats. Most other formats, they usually have their biggest shares during the day either in the morning, if you have a big morning show, 
or midday. Think about or all midday, the for- yeah. right, exactly. Think about all the formats, you know, at work listening and all that kind of stuff, or even drive time. Uh, but it's rare that you have big formats really excelling at nights. And you know, that would be a cool thing to compare sometimes. Haley is like, what does the streaming map look like? You know, during the day. You know, like yeah. how, when, when do people start streaming their music? That's hip hop, and is it later in the day? Maybe it is. That's what's happening on the radio. Um, so maybe that's the way people are really using the music. All right, so uh, sort of summing up radio at the moment, uh, fans get uh, their hip-hop music mostly on radio, uh, 23% of their listening. Next is on-demand streaming, uh, 16%. Uh, but streaming is, is up. It's up 43% uh, 2017, 18 overall streams. We're seeing the highest numbers ever. Uh, 30% of all streams, hip-hop, the most in those two years, the first time it's ever led over rock. So I know we've we've talked about that, how uh, hip-hop has uh, become the most streamed format. When you dig a little deeper, it has the highest percentage of current over catalog. It's over uh, 50%. Uh, I, I always find it fascinating when you dig into uh, current versus catalog streaming because this is uh, every song available ever in, in every uh, genre. What exactly are people streaming? What are some of the genres that are highest in that? Is it hip-hop? And uh, as compared to, say, rock, is it mostly people listening uh, to older rock? What, what are some of the, the extremes in terms of current yeah, versus catalog? You brought up a really good point, and I'm going to back up for just one second, because there were 900 billion streams, 900 billion streams in 2018. And when you take those 900 billion streams and you put them into genre buckets, hip-hop is 30% and definitely by far the biggest lead. As big as rock, which is the number two genre, which I think is very interesting because the perception in the universe is definitely not that that rock is uh, number two right now, right. Which and then followed by pop. But worth noting, the share of hip-hop is as big as rock and pop combined. So that's how big hip-hop is. And you're right, Gary, when you start to break it into current catalog, the um, the most current genres, when we look at streaming, as far as what people are streaming, this is your on-demand streaming um, providers, is electronic music and hip-hop. So in electronic music, people are going there looking for new music, about 50-50. Same with hip-hop, about 50-50. And when you start to look at other genres like rock, when you look under the hood, it looks really, really, really different. Um, With pop, with hip-hop, with electronic music, it tends to be less song streaming more. Whereas if you look at rock or country or alternative, it tends to be more song streaming less. So not necessarily going there trying to find today's hits, not necessarily listening to today's hits over and over and over, but they tend to like more variety. And rock music has been popular for so long. So if we look at the best streaming rock uh, artists for 2018, Queen, partially because of the movie that came out, but Queen really rules uh, the universe. And that's a really old, it's older music. Whereas in hip hop, Drake kind of rules the universe and that's a new record. So that ends up being shoved more in current versus catalog. Hey, Haley, uh, was Aerosmith on there? Do you see a lot of Aerosmith with the rock group? I, I asked for a reason. I'll tell you why in a second. I don't see, and I, I really, when I look at rock, I've only studied the top 20 or 50 or so, John, and I don't believe, I know they didn't make the top 20, but I, and I don't think they made the top 50. Metallica, really big. Um, Queen, definitely the biggest last year. Um, and yeah, well, how come Aerosmith? 
curious. So every year when we line up, what are the top played songs by format? Every single year in classic rock, at least for the last five years, it's been Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. Like that's the most played song by classic rock uh, during the year. But that's also classic rock, right? Rock, you said it earlier, rock's big. The word rock means a lot of things, not just classic rock. Right, right. Yeah, hip-hop music just hasn't been around that long, uh, as as long. I mean, right, rock really, I don't know, I think Beatles when I think of early rock. Um, Whereas I think, you know, Snoop Dogg with early hip-hop. That also uh, speaks to, though, uh, the state of current uh, rock music. It it just doesn't seem to... Uh, just on the most general level, cross over like it used to. And if you look at our uh, Hot Rock Songs chart and some of our uh, sales and streaming uh, charts specifically for rock, that's the that's the genre where we'll see classic stuff on it the most. You look at our, our hip-hop streaming and sales charts, it's it's going to be mostly new stuff. But uh, whenever something, yeah, like Bohemian Rhapsody comes out, or, or even even not just then, it, it's pretty common to see Journey and, and classic rock acts on there all the time. Sure. There's just nothing new uh, really uh, kicking them up. Yeah, classic rock's a top five format nationally, and it's you know sort of moved into that position in the last four or five years, and is just staying there. You know, every summer we write stories about how you know classic rock and classic hits have big spikes in the summer because of behavioral things and people are out of work and they want a certain type of music. So, just backing up your point, yeah, classic rock is you know sneakily like the fifth or sixth largest format in America, almost across the board. I think it'll be interesting to see how much of today's hip-hop music stands the test of time, like rock has, right? Um, Will, you know, and I suspect there are a few that I feel like really will, but will Drake still be on the radio, you know, five, ten years from now? I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the big, I think it's one of the big questions a lot of people have is, especially when you look at, you know, one thing that really helps hip hop dominate is just the quantity of music that so many of these artists put out. Future, Drake, Juice World, Cart, it feels like, you know, they're on every track every five minutes and they got something new, new, new. And, and it does stream really well out of the gate. But I mean, you're right. I, I guess I want you wonder how much of it is that is going to be a quality versus quantity kind of end game for them. Obviously, yep. if you want yep. your money to be a superstar, put out a lot. But. I know people on Twitter who are like, Drake doesn't have one classic album, and it's like, which, debatable, but, you know. Yeah, and it, de- it depends how we define classic, right? I mean, yeah, when you say classic, I might think something different than what, you know, what you what you mean when you say classic. Like, I, I hear classic, and I think classic rock, um, just because those records, again, have stood the test of time. When when somebody says classic, do they mean uh, just quality or do they mean quantity of time? How how long it's remained relevant? The jury is still out on the classic hip hop radio format, which came about in the last what three or four years. I remember there was there was a year a couple years ago where it was the new thing. You know, right. people were people were flipping different markets. You know, we had some critical mass behind it. The dust has settled now, and not many of them are left in the format. Um, oh, there was, such there a was, shame. yeah, there were some that came on and like went to number one in their markets, and aren't there anymore. So, th- I think the jury's out, and and that was, you know, that was capitalizing on exactly what you were mentioning, sort of the classic hip hop, the '90s. You know, um, I listen to that music, I love it, I grew up with it, but uh, the jury is still out because we haven't really seen those stations last on the air. So. 
five, 10, 15 years from now, you're right. Who's going to be playing? Is radio going to be playing today's Drake? Don't know. Well, there is there is some hip hop that has you know uh, withstood the test of time. I mean, Snoop Dogg, perfect example. Um, you know, still relevant today, still selling out shows today, still on a lot of radio stations. Not just a classic hip hop station. Like I still hear Snoop Dogg on KMEL here in the Bay Area, which is a legendary, amazing radio station that I listen to all the time. They mix it with new hip hop, um, but. And I personally love my classic hip hop station here in the Bay Area too, which is Q102. I feel like I don't know for for a kid like me who grew up in that, especially in that late two thousand, early two thousands when hip hop kind of had its first major heyday in terms of charts. When it was Fifty Cent and it was Nelly, and that was everywhere. Um, and it always feels like to me that hip hop has been has been the main music force. In terms of statistics, in terms of analysis, when did you guys uh, first sort of see? hip hop on the rise to to where it is now just was there a certain artist or a certain moment or a certain year that really felt like the bellwether was coming and you know it swells and swells and swells and here we are in 2019 um you can see the inflection point it was 2015 so at the beginning of 2015 urban contemporary again hip hop uh that format passed the rhythmic chr format they had been you know going in different directions. Rhythmic CHR was declining and Urban Contemporary uh, was gaining. And since then, Urban Contemporary has pulled ahead. So, you know, that was around the time that hip hop surpassed rock as the most streamed genre. Haley, correct me if I'm getting my years wrong, but the point is from a radio perspective, you can clearly see it. It was starting in about 2015 is when the Urban Contemporary stations really started gaining and Rhythmic started cooling. And it's, that has continued since then. And you talk about whether uh, whether it's still the rock era, is it now the hip hop era? There's a as we're uh, taping this earlier today, uh, WBOS in Boston flipped from alternative to uh, classic rock, and uh, Boston doesn't have an alternative station. Uh, BCN, FNX, and now BOS are all all gone, and there are now four classic rock stations in Boston. So four wow. classic rock stations, no no alternative. Yeah. We're talking about uh, what hip hop acts uh, are going to be uh, still played and what are going to be considered classics uh, years from now. Uh, you could say the same thing about rock. If if it's all just classic rock, uh, what does that mean for the current rock acts? You better yeah, learn how to rap, you, right? And, and you can certainly infer what this means, you know, for the radio operators. You know, look at who listens to radio. Look at the generations and and the age of the radio audience, which is slightly older than the streaming audience. Um, and classic rock fits right into there. You know, the boomer generation and the wealthiest generation in the history of mankind. And just because they're turning 55 doesn't mean they don't have money to spend and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, you can certainly understand why uh, radio operators look at classic rock. As I said, it's a top five format nationwide. It does well everywhere. It does well all across the country. Uh, and it makes money and it serves that older audience. So that's why they're doing it from that perspective, for sure. Right. It does become a balance of what do we do for the future of our radio industry versus what do we do today for our radio industry? And I will say as somebody who who is lucky enough to travel to a lot of the big radio get togethers, I was at Worldwide Radio Summit country radio seminar in Nashville in February and kind of a big central theme of both was if we want to invite the younger audience, we need to program to a younger audience. Um, Yeah. So there was a lot of conversation about Gen Z and certainly millennials, but really Gen Z, because I think we've been talking about millennials for a long time. You can't just wait for people to age into your format. That's I think that's the takeaway. You know, classic rock's playing 
playing more music from the 2000s and this and that, but you can't just assume that people are going to age into using radio and using your format, particularly when we see all the streaming data that we've been talking about. Um, I love the slide that you guys do where you compare who's who are the top 10 radio artists in that format versus right. who are the top 10 artists on streaming. Um, obviously, some of them overlap. Drake is very popular on both. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like Post Malone as well. But there are some notable outliers um, I'll throw out. We'll, we'll, we'll excuse XXXTentacion because there's so much controversy surrounding him. You can ex- sort of understand why radio would be hesitant to play him. But when we look at the artists um, who were – the top streaming artist for, I guess, first quarter uh, of 2019. Uh, number three, we got a boogie with the hoodie, who um, I think also probably surprised people here when he had his number one album on the Billboard 200 for multiple weeks. Um, you've got Young Boy Never Broke Again, number five on the on-demand streaming artists. From maybe a pop perspective and a pop programmer's perspective, who may be hesitant to play some of these hip hop artists, I I guess I can kind of understand that. For hip hop radio programmers, who you know. They're in the culture. They know who's hot. They're probably more attentive to streaming than other genre programmers. Do you have any insight as to what their hesitance might be to jump on some of these artists when they – I mean this is this is in your genre. It's in your wheelhouse. It's right there for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like more and more people, uh, and especially in, in rhythmic and hip hop radio, most programmers today are using the streaming data in some capacity. Um, but I also feel like the industry is sort of set up to, you know, record company releases singles or albums, record company uh, brings that to radio, they promote radio, they sort of get the community together so that radio is going on a quote unquote single all at the same time. So there are some some ways the industry has been set up for a long, long time. And while consumption has changed and and the way users are consuming music has changed, the way the industry operates has not necessarily changed. Meaning, you know, a lot of radio programmers still wait till they're sort of a a joint effort, if you will. Is the record company working this song? Is this the song that's going to be in the commercials right now? Is this the song that's going to be right? There's something about that synergy that's still relevant if you're working in radio, rather than being off, you know, playing your own song while the rest of the universe is playing, you know, another single. Um, There's a couple things happening. Um, Streaming, People who are using streaming tend to um, uh, be early adopters, let's say. So in a lot of cases, even record companies are now are using streaming to go, what should be our next single? Or what, how, what is the next song that we should all synergize? You can stream any song that's ever been created, you know, including by the eight-year-old on SoundCloud that was created last night. Um, now, when those things rise up the ranker in your market and you see them, there's obviously something going on. But I think, you know, from a radio standpoint, there's a sound. Most programmers, you know, there's a sound they want their station to have. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, certain types of songs and certain songs fit and certain songs don't. And um, I think that may be part of it as well. Just because people are using it doesn't mean it fits the sound you had in mind for your station. 
So the second idea that I was thinking about when you asked that question is in streaming, it just moves so fast and radio doesn't move that fast. Radio is sort of used to, again, that synergy. Let's get behind a, a song. Let's invest in it. Let's see if our audience likes it. Let's play it for a while. Whereas in streaming, it, it's moving so fast and artists are releasing records or releasing songs once a week almost in many cases, right? It's hard for radio to keep up with. Um, so I think there, there are a few different things, um, uh, the system, if you will, hasn't quite shifted. Um, and I do think that synergy is really important. Okay. So one thing that struck me actually in that is, do we have any sense of who are the people making these decisions? Because it it just hit me that I guess if they're, Younger people moving into leadership, more millennials, for example, uh, they may have some cynics might say less respect for that kind of process about what the dynamic between the radio and record label and waiting till a song is properly worked just feels like that that would change up. Do we have any sense um, from your end about who's making these kind of decisions and does that sort of explain what the dynamic between radio and record labels and streaming is? So from my end, we we don't have that because our job from a radio measurement standpoint is to measure the audience, not necessarily, you know, the programmers or the producers. So we obviously know a ton about who's listening and, you know, what they're doing. Um, but if you just go to some of the radio conferences and, and you look around, you, you certainly see a mix. You know, radio looks like America, as we know. It reaches almost everybody. It's got something for everybody, different cultures, different musical tastes, you know, uh, spoken word, music, all of those things together. So generally, radio usually looks like the rest of America. Uh, all of that said, you know, the radio audience uh, usually is older than the streaming audience. So that's who they're programming to. Now, Haley, I don't know if you feel any differently, but that's the way that I would answer the question. That synergy, if you're in radio, you want, radio is still a broad, broadcasting, right? So you have to think broad. Streaming is more narrow casting. So if you're in broadcasting, you it's important that you're playing the same song that you hear on on whatever commercial is out today that you're going to hear on whatever playlist you tune in. Um, you know, if you're off on your own and you're doing your own thing, typically, and this is probably, again, I'm speaking in generalities and John, you can back me up on this. Typically that station's probably not going to stand up and be as successful as a station that's thinking more broadly. I would agree. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, radio still is the mass medium. You want to play what's popular. So to be off doing your own thing and and not with the full synergy that's happening everywhere. And I don't think this is not just, you know, defined by a, a hip hop format. This is true with country, with rock. With, I mean, you want to be playing the same song that other people are playing. Because again, the record company is putting their full muscle behind it. So meaning they're going to be working it or trying to sync it on whatever hot movie is out today, on whatever commercial is playing today, hopefully on, um, you know, uh, uh, we've got all kinds of sports things, fun sports things happening right now. Hopefully you're going to hear some singles um, in as you're watching, whether it's a hockey playoff, a basketball or, you know, uh, um, baseball just started. So, that synergy is important. Radio wants to and needs to play familiar songs. So the best way to make it familiar is that synergy. Can't nobody feel me
segue, Haley, into uh, the song currently at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Probably heard of it, Old Town Road. There's been a little, little buzz <laughs> about that song. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm curious uh, both both of, of, of your thoughts. Uh, this is a song that uh, didn't come originally through the typical radio route. Uh, Columbia has since signed uh, Lil Nas X and is promoting it now. But uh, this is a song that just uh, took hold uh, virally online, uh, became so big that really no one could ignore it at this point. If you're, uh, I guess, a hip hop or rhythmic or, or pop programmer, uh, Haley, are you are you playing the song? Are you assuming that eh, this is just a, a quick fad or it's only online or uh, what are you looking at? What are you thinking when, when you see this blow up and, and if you're running a radio station? Uh, definitely. If I'm running a radio station, I'm paying attention and radio, I think, is paying attention. And I think you'll see radio follow pop culture, right? This is what I would call a pop culture moment. And this is not unique. Like we've seen this before. Um, and we'll see it again. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see it again, whether a song shows up i mean i'll go all the way back to feist one two three four i mean mm. remember when that was in an apple commercial i think right yeah. and all of a sudden radio radio followed or um i i mean again um we've seen this happen before and it's going to happen again and and sometimes radio drives consumption and sometimes consumption drives radio and i think this could be one more example of where consumption drives radio programmers uh, they're consumers too. They're watching TV too. They're watching sports. They see the Apple commercials. They, um, you know, use TikTok. Whatever it is, uh, a lot of programmers are savvy enough to feel what's happening in pop culture. That's really a part of their job too, to be in touch with pop culture and what's happening in their communities. And and I think programmers have always and hopefully will always pay attention to that. And the data can either confirm or deny it. That's the beauty of the modern age. The data can back it up for you now. It can confirm or deny you know, what you may be feeling, what you're hearing from your sources, all that kind of stuff. The data will show you the tonnage. That's the beauty of it. Streaming. It's kind of the new sales, right? In the old days, I guess you'd uh, you'd know something was selling. Now uh, sales have just uh, fallen off to the point where when Shallow was the number one selling song. It was the lowest total for a number one selling a digital song since early 2005. So sales continue. Uh, again, that's not surprising. As streaming rises, obviously, uh, sales are going to fall. So uh, I guess at its most basic level, uh, streaming is the new sales. It's the new sales. It's the new request line. Yes, all of the above. All right. Two more sort of drive-by <laughs> things I wanted to hit real quick. Um, one thing, and it kind of to go back to that list I was talking about uh, that had the 10 most popular artists on rhythmic and hip-hop radio and then the 10 most popular on-demand streaming artists uh, so far in 2019. On the uh, radio list, see that LMA is at number four and Chris Brown is at number 10 on radio, but LMA is 36 on streaming and 29 for Chris Brown on streaming. Just a question about, uh, you know, these genres R&B and hip-hop are lumped together in a lot of categorizations. And it's interesting. I had a conversation with this programmer I was telling you about yesterday um, uh, of a hip hop station in Dallas. And and we were very much talking about LMA and how streaming numbers, quote unquote, weren't keeping up. And I'm like, I, maybe it's because I'm such an R&B fan, but he was looking at it like, well, should I play this? And remember, LMA was one of the most played mainstream R&B and hip hop songs of 2018, too. Um, I think just because the tonnage is so huge. Like when you look at, yes, we're looking at a rank here, ranked 36th uh, so far this year for LMA, whereas it's the fourth most played 
on the radio, the tonnage with stream there is still so big. It's really big. I mean, it's hard to dismiss. I don't know what the, I'm just going to use a number for example, but if that's 6 million streams so far this year, and I suspect it's more than that, that's still a lot of streams, right? And that's the conversation we got in yesterday as I was having this the, the same talk with this programmer. I'm like, and we're just looking at his market, you know, in his market, LMA still has streamed so far this year, millions and millions of times. That's, that's relevant. A lot of these new rappers, you know, cause they do everything. They, 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 they rock influence. They, they play piano, they sing, they rap. So it feels like almost R and B. I mean, as much as R and B hip hop kind of go together, it's almost like R and B is kind of getting sort of swallowed by this hip hop wave too. Um, well, and when all else fails, just put Meek Mill and LMA together, and there you have it. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about about <laughs> R and B is it it does lend itself to a lot of collaboration. So there's right. uh, there's ways out for sure. Yes. Uh, okay, and last last thing I wanted to ask. Um, it just hit me when back when you were talking about um, you were at a, a summit or a convention, and you mentioned that the big question on everybody's mind, and, and one of the big takeaways was programming for if you want younger audiences you got to program towards younger audiences yeah was there any talk about you know you can program a great playlist you can have it out there but if no one knows or thinks to go to find it then does it really exist is there any talk about how to market to kids or get their attention because it just sometimes maybe just feels like kids don't maybe even realize radio is still out there that was one of the major findings uh, from the country radio seminar back in February. Uh, there was a big presentation by Edison Research about that exact point. Like, how do you how do you get to teenagers today? You know, what what do teenagers listen to today? Teenagers teenagers that like country music. What are they using today to listen? You know, why or why aren't they using radio? And what can you do about it? And the reason I brought that up is, you know, the idea of marketing uh, is a core component of every time I work with a radio station and, and probably you as well, Haley, because in the face of all of the fragmentation and all the different, you know, new audio platforms, all the things that have happened in the last 10 years, um, radio as a whole hasn't made a concerted effort to continue marketing itself in the same way that it was previously. And so that's just sort of the simple fact. Um, and you've, you've got to be able to market to it. You've got to be able to stand out. Um, you can get this music everywhere through every device. So why would you use radio? We were talking about this, you know, half an hour ago, you know, it's about what's in between the songs. You know, it's about that community that, you know, Spotify and all, all the streamers have wonderful playlists. We all use them, but it's not quite a community the same way a radio station is. So I, I think that is, remains a vitally important part of radio and, and something that I think really good radio operators still focus a lot on. You know, we've got to keep reminding people why you need to use radio and my station and make that a habit. And we've got to you know, make it part of your daily audio use diet and then get your kids. <laughs> got to do that too. Yeah. Uh, Haley and John always love having you come on the podcast. I know uh, coming up in the next few months, uh, we want to have you back again. We'll uh, preview that uh, you guys are going to do a webinar on country uh, in May and then in July. You have rock scheduled. So it sounds like uh, we're going to have you back talking country and talking rock next uh, couple times you're on. Look forward to it. Thank you, guys. We're, we're happy to do it. Feelings so deep in my feelings. 
That's this week's Billboard Charity Podcast. Thanks again to Hayne Jones and John Miller at Nielsen. Uh, looking towards next week, we'll see if Old Town Road is number one again on the Billboard Hot 100. If uh, the video comes out, it seems uh, pretty much like a lock, but uh, might have a big race with uh, Bieber and Ed Sheeran. So uh, they're back again with the new song, I Don't Care, uh, debuted. What a great you know millennial title, right? <laughs> uh, debuted uh, right at midnight on Friday, the beginning of the tracking week. So it's going to get the full first week of streaming and sales. And uh, again, we're taping this on Monday, so we don't have uh, any details yet, but uh, we'll be finding out and tracking it through the week. Because if you like the way you look that much, oh baby, you should go and love yourself. They've got a whole history at this point. Obviously, Love Yourself by Bieber was uh, written in part. Yeah, I don't know many people realize how how closely connected they actually are, yeah. like, even though they never collaborated vocally on a song together. So there's Love Yourself. This one even gets a little lost uh, in, in history at this point. It's a, it's a huge hit. It was a number two hit, Cold Water. Ed Sheeran co-wrote that one as well. Bieber sings on that. Yeah, because that was kind of in, in the middle point between like the Purpose songs that come out and they've been number one hits. And then Despacito was around the corner the next year. So yeah, like Cold Water kind of snuck in between Love Yourself and I'm the One Despacito. So you're right. I think people, you know, I mean, Bieber had so many hits in that period. It's, it's hard to keep track of all of them. But you're right. For a number two hit, it kind of... You know, that's, that's kind of like sixth or seventh on the greatest hits list. Uh, and then most recently on the Hot 100 in the top 20, uh, as a baboon and a koala bear. Um, little Dickies are... I'm a koala and I sleep all the time, so what, it's cute. Gary, you, lo- you love this song. <laughs> And you don't miss an opportunity to bring it up at any point. Well, how often do you get to see uh, every pop star as uh, some sort of cute animal in a video? We Are the World didn't do that. I guess Willie Nelson probably would have had the, the Snoop Dogg role. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Uh, so, they, yeah, together on that song as well. And, uh, yeah, certain uh, to be on the Hot 100 next week. And we'll find out if it has a chance for number one. So I don't care. Bieber and Sharon, they're back. We'll be talking about it next week. Who wants to fit in anyway? Because I don't care when I'm with my baby, yeah. All the bad things disappear. Are you making me feel that maybe I am somebody? I can deal with the bad nights when I'm with my baby, yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.